2020 began like any other year. It's ending like no other. Telework has been the big story of the year for many federal employees. Some started 2020 with little telework experience, and now mostly everyone has been working remotely since March. This all comes as the White House has been especially busy this year, putting out new executive orders and memos. Many had a direct impact on federal employees, from their paychecks to their diversity and inclusion training programs. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to recap a whirlwind year for federal employees. Nicole, let's start with telework. This is something that was sort of a battleground and some controversy. Now it's become a necessity for everybody. Yeah, Tom, we started the year with at least, you know, one new agency, the Social Security Administration, cutting back on telework, basically saying, look, we don't know how the past few years with this telework program, if it's really achieving anything for us. And so they made the decision to cut back on that program, you know, with a lot of criticism from employees, unions, and even some members of Congress. But come mid-March, all of these agencies were sending everyone home. Some employees who had never teleworked before, some, you know, maybe just on occasion. And now, you know, based on some surveys that we've done throughout the year with our readers, it seems like the vast majority of employees if their job allows it, are still teleworking full-time, you know, for the most part, and really have been since mid-March. And Tom, I think all of us here at Federal News Network did a lot of stories on telework this year, different agencies and their approaches to it, some of the IT glitches that they maybe had to deal with in the beginning, you know, a couple of weeks there. But by and large, it seemed like a lot of the challenges were addressed early on, and people have been for the most part, enjoying the remote work situation. And now I think we're at the point where some agencies are starting to think about, okay, well, once this pandemic ends, what are we going to do with our workforce once it is safe to return into an office setting? Are we going back like nothing happened? Or are we allowing more people to work remotely and are we even, you know, thinking more broadly about it? Are we considering hiring completely remote employees from anywhere, even though our offices are maybe based in Washington, D.C.? These are the kinds of conversations that I think agencies are having. I think they're also having the space and real estate conversations. Do we need this much office space anymore? And it'll be interesting to see how this is embraced among different agencies in the future. Right. And I guess we'll have to see not only how it's embraced, but where the policy might go, because telework policies have led the amount of work by telework people can do. And maybe they need to really rethink policy at the OPM level and at the agency head level. And that's kind of hard to predict at this point. It is hard to predict. So we've definitely heard about agencies having conversations among themselves about you know what their telework policies might look like in the future. So we know those conversations are happening Individually, you know, we heard about them at, for example, places like the Labor Department, the Transportation Department, GSA. I think these places are having those conversations. What will be interesting is how the new Biden administration, what its take on all of this is, and whether or not they want OPM to be a proactive part of the conversation. I'd say that during the pandemic, OPM really was not the the subject at the center of some of these policies that we were getting about telework. A lot of it came from the Office of Management and Budget, essentially telling agencies to figure it out on your own and come up with what works for you. So it will be interesting to see whether or not OPM takes a centralized role, wants agencies to be more flexible 
and perhaps more modern in how they're embracing telework and and what that means for the federal workforce in the future. I'm betting the Biden administration will take the climate angle on telework. It saves gasoline burning. It might be able to reduce the federal footprint and people already have houses, so that's not adding to it. And that could be another justification. Just guessing, but I think that is what they're going to do. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. And what are some of the other events you feel have defined this year for the federal workforce? There's got to be some of those wonderful Trump executive orders. Yeah. So the executive orders come to mind pretty easily. And one isn't really an executive order. It was a memo. And on first glance, it didn't seem like it was going to impact federal employees directly, but it did. And in fact, it seems like it has impacted federal employees only. And that is the payroll tax deferral executive order or memo that we saw from the Trump administration in late August. And it seems like that has really only impacted employees and military members. As you and I have talked about, Tom, it doesn't seem like many private sector employers opted into the payroll tax deferral policy, but it was mandatory for most federal employees. And we really heard a lot about that from employees themselves who weren't happy that they had to uh, go through this through unions, through lawmakers. And of course, you know, this is something that employees will be dealing with through 2020 as well as they have to repay those deferred taxes back. So that's another one that we heard about for sure and seemed like it was sudden and really had a wide impact on employees. And then there's the one on the diversity and inclusion training programs, which was a puzzling one in some ways, an understandable one from one angle, puzzling from another. And that I believe, is one that the Biden administration said it would hit once they got in. I have a feeling that, yes, we're going to see this one uh, go away in the new administration and perhaps a new executive order on diversity and inclusion come in its place. And for me, Tom, what struck me most about some of these executive orders, the one I just mentioned on payroll tax deferral, this one on diversity and inclusion, and another one that we'll talk about soon, they all got really wide, broad, even national attention. Some of these executive orders that are really kind of niche and specific to us in our little world of you know the federal workforce contractors, this diversity and inclusion executive order impacted them as well. But it really sparked attention from a broad audience saying, look, look, you know, look at what the administration's doing here. And so, yeah, I mean, agencies had to pause their diversity and inclusion training while OPM and the administration got their hands around current and ongoing diversity and inclusion programs. A lot of reaction about this one. Um, I would say mostly negative. You know, we did hear a few positive things, but Yeah, this one really sparked a lot of attention. I guess in recent decades, it's become incumbent on employers, either companies or governments, to train people in issues they should have learned in church. But maybe nobody's going there anymore, so everybody's got to go to work. And then, of course, there's Schedule F. Yes, and this is the story that keeps on giving as well. Um, Another surprise, I think, came in, in late October, just a couple of days, really, before the presidential election. And I think initially, you know, the reaction was, well, what's this all about? Why is this coming out now? And why is it coming out so close to the election? And I think now we're starting to realize really where this executive order could go if it is implemented by agencies. And You know, from what we've heard is that agencies are in the beginning stages of trying to implement it. You know, they're coming up with 
list of employees or positions that could move to this new Schedule F, which of course they would lose their typical civil service protections in the process. It means they could be hired or fired at will. It also apparently could mean that political appointees might take some of these positions as well. So of course there's concerns about burrowing. This, I think, has really sparked reaction from places like the Partnership for Public Service, Senior Executives Association, some federal unions, and some lawmakers themselves to say this is a huge deal to the merit-based civil service if something like this is allowed to continue. The Trump administration, of course, has kind of shrugged off those concerns and said, you know, this is about accountability, holding employees accountable. And I think the counter reaction to that is, well, how? How is this going to change things? And and what will it do to improve, you know, the operation of government, which is really what the accountability conversation should be about. So this one, I think, is it remains to be seen how this executive order will play out. And maybe we'll have a better idea this time next year. And finally, we should point out that, yes, the pandemic did affect everyone in the federal government, at least in terms of making them work differently. But there is a subset of people in NIH and CDC and some of the other health-related agencies where their life really pivoted. And the result, in part, is a big national debate about how we behave and the actions we take. And also, we do have a vaccine, several vaccines coming out in the world. And that's in large part to some very big work on a lot of federal agencies, a lot of federal employees. So we should thank them at this point for soldiering through something that nobody expected, nobody could predict. Yeah. And I think, Tom, when you look at how the the federal government has operated here during this past year, really some kind of amazing stories about the work that did get done in person, but also remotely things that agencies have been trying to do for years, but they've been accomplishing this year in 2020 because the moment kind of demanded it of them. So yeah, I think we've heard a lot of good news stories about how agencies are operating, good work that federal employees have been doing in a pretty tough year, I think we could say. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And we'll be reporting together once again starting in 2021, so don't go far, people. And check out her latest story at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.